We've all experienced broken relationships. Sometimes we have been the cause of the breaking of the relationship. Sometimes we've been the recipient of the breaking of a relationship. And sometimes it's, it's just complicated. The Beatles were about relationship. And Paul McCartney met John Lennon on a church stage, St. Peter's Church stage, July 6, 1957. It was no romantic overnight sensation for the Beatles. John at that time was leading a group called the Quarrymen. And Paul came to the church festival to hear them play. And after the Quarrymen played, then Paul got up and played himself on that same stage, and John listened. A few weeks later, John asked Paul to join the band, and, and the musical sensation that we've known as the Beatles began. I love that they met on the church stage. I mean, may the church always be the home of the artist. May the church always be the place of music. May the church always be the birthplace of beauty. May we always be the place that artists find their beginning. They quickly made decisions as they became friends that any song either one of them wrote would carry both their names. And for a generation, from 1962 to 1970, they published over 180 songs that became what we would call the Beatles playlist. But it was after a lot of hits, and when times got challenging in the late 60s, that Paul McCartney wrote, and the Beatles released the McCartney-Lennon song, Hey Jude, 1968. It stayed at number one for nine weeks in the top 100. Like many songs that they wrote, there's a number of stories that tell us how that song came to be. Listen to this video. John and his wife Cynthia had divorced and I felt a bit sorry for their son who was now a little bit, you know, a child of a divorce. I was driving out to see the son and uh, Cynthia one day and I was I was thinking about the boy whose name is Julian Julian then and I started this idea hey Jules don't make it bad so it's gonna be okay you know it was like a reassurance song so that was the idea that I got driving out to see them I saw them and then I came back and uh, worked on the song some more but I liked the name Jude I didn't realize it meant Jewish it does. It was years later, John Lennon told David Schiff in his iconic interview a different story. He said, Paul said it was written about Julian, my child. You know, Paul was always good with kids. And so he came up with, hey, Jude. But then John continued and said, but I always heard it as a song to me. If you think about it, Yoko's just come into the picture. He's, and he's saying, hey, Jude, hey, John. I know, he says, I'm sounding like a, a fan who reads into a, a song anything they want. But he says, I think it's a song to me. The words go out and get her. 
subconsciously, Paul was saying to me, go ahead. It's okay to leave me and go get her. On a conscious level, he didn't want me to go. The angel in him was saying, I bless you. John Whiteley writes this about the song. He says, the truth is that the song, like any great song does, can be moved and repositioned to fit whatever the audience may need at the time. It's a song bristling with emotion and care and comfort and love. It's a song like no other. It's a, it's a letter to a friend. So today, the gospel, according to the Beatles, says, make it better. Make it better. It's a gospel. It's a, a story of good news that we need to hear today. There's this book, believe it or not, in the scriptures called Jude. Did you know that? If you go all the way over to Revelations on the right-hand side of your Bible and come back just a little bit, you'll find a letter from Jude. I have to confess, I've never, I've never preached from Jude. It's only, in most Bibles, one page. And it's a letter written to encourage, but it's also a letter written in a time of turmoil of the early church. Jude gives us these beautiful words in the message translation, and we'll put it up on the screen from verse two. Read these words with me. Relax, everything's going to be all right. Rest, everything's coming together. Open your hearts, love is on the way. In other words, make it better. Sven and I were talking earlier this week, and he says, you know, my, my son Noah, who's four years old, likes to sing this song, but he sings it a little differently. He sings, hey, dude. <laughs> right? And maybe that's part of the message. Hey, dude, make it better. Right? A friend of mine said the other day, here's the challenge of our time. He said, fissures have appeared in the undergirding structure of our lives. We've, we've fractured and we've splintered, and the threat of violence is in the air. Threats of civil war and violence in the streets are made daily by public leaders. It's in the air. Hey, dude, make it better. Relax, said Jude. Everything's going to be all right. Rest, everything's coming together. Open your hearts. Love is on the way. How do you open your life to make it better? <laughs> in this time where the fissures seem to continue to appear, in this time where the threat is in the air, Barbara Brown Taylor put it like this. She writes, the only clear line I draw these days is this. When my religion tries to come between me and my neighbor, I choose my neighbor. Jesus never commanded me to love my religion. 
And I would add, when politics tries to come between us and our neighbor, choose your neighbor. Jesus never commanded us to love our politics. This is why it's so important for us to be part of a worshiping community. Because we are being daily discipled by our choices of media, to the left or to the right. And we need to be part of a worshiping community that's full of people from the left and the right and in the middle. That reminds us we're part of something bigger. That God's bigger than our politics. God's bigger than the visions around us. God can unite us as we come together and worship one voice. This challenge of making it better, this call to another way of living, it's not easy. And even the disciples at times, they would come up to Jesus and say, are we doing it right? Is this how you make it better? Simon Peter comes to Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew at one point, and he, he asked this hard question, how, how big is this forgiveness thing you got going? He's like, you know, there's this guy in my life I've forgiven seven times. Seems like enough. Can I, like, be done with him? Right? I mean, you, we can each think of someone that we go, yeah, yeah, can I be done with her? Right? We can all think of someone, whether it's on media or in our immediate family, we can think of someone. Jesus, is that enough? And you remember Jesus' response, not seven times, 70 times seven. Wow. And then Jesus picks up this story and he throws it alongside Simon Peter's life to explain what forgiveness looks like. He says this in Matthew 18. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring up his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him a million dollars. They couldn't pay. So the master ordered that they be sold along with their spouse and their children and everything they owned to pay the debt. Wow. I mean, this is a, a challenging moment. The servant, Jesus says, falls on their knees, begs for mercy, asks for really something that won't help. Be patient with me. Patience doesn't help when your interest rate's that high. Be patient with me and I'll pay you back everything I've, 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 I owe. And the king was moved and responded in an unexpected way and forgave the student debt. I mean the debt, <laughs> right? The king forgave their debt. What's it like to have your debt forgiven? Especially when you can't pay. 
The forgiven one immediately stands and when he leaves the room, Jesus says he sees one of his siblings who owes $10 and he seizes him by the throat and he demands, pay up now. Wait a minute, that, that doesn't sound like making it better. The poor one who owed 10 bucks begged, give me a chance. I'll pay it back. I, I'll make it better. But the forgiven one wouldn't do it. The forgiven one could not refrain, had them arrested, thrown into jail, Jesus says, until the debt was paid. I always wonder, how's that work out? But others watched what was going on. And word got back to the one who offered mercy, to the king. And Jesus said, the king summoned the forgiven one and said, you evil servant, I forgave your entire debt when you begged me for mercy. Shouldn't you be compelled to be merciful to your sibling servant who asked for mercy? Shouldn't you be compelled? I mean, what happened in the story? Unexpected forgiveness comes, unexpected forgiveness is offered, grace is offered, and there's this biblical idea that when Jesus offers us grace, that we will do the same. <laughs> that we won't just think it's for us, but that we will share it, that we will make it better. Jude struggles with this in his letter to the church. I mean, he starts that book with such beautiful words when he says, you know, we're go it's gonna get better. But then in the middle of the book, when he sees divisions in his community, I love this line in the message translation. He says, let me point out to you, these people are warts on your love feast. Isn't that a great line? Next time someone frustrates you, maybe quote this part to them, right? Now Jude eventually makes his way back. I mean, after his frustration about division in the church and his fears, he finally comes to an ending where he says in verse 22, go easy on those who hesitate in the faith. Isn't that a beautiful line? Go easy on those who hesitate in the faith. Go after those who take the wrong way. Be tender with sinners. Make it better. How does one make forgiveness better. We share it. Make it better. This idea is, it's embedded in the Lord's prayer. Lord, forgive me my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. Forgive me my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. It's embedded in the great commandment. Love God, love your neighbors yourself and make it better.
get out of here without some action steps so hold on how do we live this gospel according to the Beatles it says make it better well here's three steps make it better through community you've heard about small groups and Sunday school classes and opportunities to connect and grief classes if you don't know about what's taking place in the next next couple of weeks stop out in the lobby there's a there's a whole list of 22 or more small groups in this campus at amity and around the community that you can be a part of and if you don't see one that works for you or a day that works for you then say grab pastor arena and say i got an idea to start another one and i want to make it 23 groups and let's do it let's add this group because community is where we get to be known Community, small groups are places where people get to hear your story and you get to hear someone else's story. I hope you'll check it out and say, you know what, we could do that for the next five weeks or six weeks or there's some that are just three weeks. Check it out, see what fits your schedule and then join us in community. Second, make it better by serving. In just a minute, you'll get to meet Alex, who's our new youth pastor. And one of the places you can serve is in youth ministry, in children's ministry. Pastor Stacy last week said, I have good news and bad news. The good news is we got lots of kids. And the bad news is we've got lots of kids, which means we need people to serve and say, hey, I'll be on your team. I'll serve for youth ministry. I'll serve in children's ministry. Again, encourage you to step up and be the hands and feet of God. And then last, make it better by giving. Giving faithfully and giving regularly allows us as a church to make it better in our community. Today out in the lobby, one of our friends is here from Interface Sanctuary with the paper. If you didn't get this month's paper, it's not the new one yet, but it's the one that's been here for two weeks. You can stop and get it. Give a dollar, a, that dollar, they get to keep a portion of that for themselves as they work to make their life better and step up. They're over by the coffee table today. So if you haven't, it's a paper written by people experiencing homelessness, sold by people experiencing homelessness, so they can make it better. Let's pray together. Pray with me. Hey, God, thanks. Thanks that you um, give us even the letter of Jude in an attempt to make it better. You tell us to relax, that love is on the way. May we look at our lives and find a way to use our lives to make, even today, make it better for someone else. As we serve, as we love, as we forgive, as we offer them grace, as we welcome someone new in this space, may together we make it better. It's in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. Na, na, na.